Welcome. This is the show where we talk about politics, culture, and what what is it that we talk about? Politics, culture, and relationships <laughs> through a psychological lens. This is going to be a one-off. This is a one-subject audio show. It's about Michigan's proposed new law uh, uh, dealing with alleged hate speech. I was going to include this on the TV show that we put out on Sunday nights, but there wasn't enough room for it. But this is important enough that it deserves some attention. So this has to do with Michigan's House Bill 4474. This bill has passed the House. It has not yet passed the Michigan Senate. I suspect that it will pass the Michigan Senate. And I suspect that that Gorgon, Gretchen Whitmer, the governor, will sign it. Could be wrong about that, but that seems to be the way this is going in this country. Hate speech. I know that this has become a normalized term for everyone, but it really shouldn't be. And if it sounds normal to you, and if hate speech is something that you use in your everyday speech, I'd like to ask you to reconsider that. Hate speech isn't real. Not in the United States of America. Hate speech is not a thing. You are allowed to say things that are hateful. That's what the First Amendment is there for. You don't have to like that. It really has absolutely nothing to do with someone's emotional feelings about that. The feelings don't matter. Just because someone, just because one perceives another person to be saying something that is, quote, hateful, is absolutely irrelevant to the law, has nothing to do with it, orthogonal completely. People have forgotten that, first of all, that we have a First Amendment that protects our free speech. And they have forgotten that we also have harassment and threat laws. There is no need for so-called hate speech laws. None of them. There is not a single case of a so-called hate speech law that was legally necessary or necessary to punish actual criminal intimidation. None under any circumstances. Why? Because actual threats and harassment have always been illegal. Always. This has always been a carve out from the First Amendment. First Amendment protects speech, but it does not protect threats. It does not protect harassment. This is so uncontroversial, it, it, irritates, it irritates me that we have to talk about this. We shouldn't have to talk about this. This should be common knowledge. It, believe it or not, it was common knowledge when I was a school kid. Yeah. I know things were already getting bad then, but they weren't the way they are now. So what's going on in Michigan? What is HB 4474? It is a bill, and I'm going to read to you a couple of excerpts from it. It is more difficult to parse legislation and put it into plain English on audio only than it is to have something that, that you can read and visualize, but I'm going to do my best for you. So what HB 4474 does is it replaces a section of current and existing Michigan law or statute that is currently titled the Ethnic Intimidation Act. That's current law. Now, the Ethnic Intimidation Act also was unnecessary. That was just a precursor. That was just a hate speech law before they called it hate speech. 
Why wasn't it necessary? To repeat what I said just a moment ago, because harassment and intimidation and threats are already illegal and always have been. It's, I'm sorry, folks. I don't care. It doesn't hurt you more because you're a Jew. It doesn't hurt you more because you're a gay. It doesn't hurt you more because you're a woman. It doesn't hurt you more because you're of color. You are just a human being, just like everyone else, just like me, just like the other people listening to this right now. If you are threatened, harassed, or criminally intimidated, you have been done a harm. You've been done what the courts call a tort. This is a criminal tort. You don't hurt more because your skin color or your gender identity. This is baby shit. And it's not just that it's baby shit. It's, it's, it is so outside of American law. I mean, in, in a sane system of law that recognized the actual objective legal regime that we created for ourselves in this country, we would not be talking about this. Anyway, all right, so that's the preamble. So HB 4474 in Michigan says this. A person is guilty of, and they struck out ethnic intimidation and they substituted a hate crime. Did a hate? Did a hate? A person is guilty of a hate crime if that person maliciously, and there's, a, I can't read all this to you, you, you won't make good radio, intentionally does any of the following to an individual based in whole or in part on an actual or perceived characteristic of that individual, regardless of the existence of any other motivating factors. And it it lists the usual things. Uh, Uses force or violence, causes bodily injury, intimidates, damages or destroys property. Uncontroversially illegal. We all agree. Threatens by word or act to do any of the actions listed above. Um... And it says, the actual or perceived characteristics of another individual referenced under subsection 1 include all of the following. Race or color, religion, sex, sexual orientation, gender identity or expression. I'm going to break in here. Do you you know what gender expression is? It's a man wearing a dress. I'm expressing my gender by wearing clothes of this gender. So if you, um, if you intimidate someone based on the fact that he's wearing a pretty dress, I mean, this is what we've devolved to. Seriously. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not advocating for intimidation. Stay with me. Stay with me. I'm going to address those questions that I know some of you already have in your mind. I promise. So physical or mental disability, age, ethnicity, national origin, association or affiliation with any individual or group of individuals in whole or in part based on characteristics above described. Blah, 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 blah. A person who violates this section is guilty of a felony punishable by imprisonment for not more than two years or by a fine of not more than $5,000 or both. Scrolling through here uh, to the definitions section. This is where they get tricky. They define terms this way. Gender identity or expression means having or being perceived as having a gender-related self-identity or expression, whether or not associated with an individual's assigned sex at birth. Look what we're getting written into the law. Sex assigned at birth. It's not real. It's just a doctor's bigoted assignment. Or 
Intimidate means a willful course of conduct involving repeated or continuing harassment of another individual that would cause a reasonable individual to feel terrorized, frightened, or threatened, and that actually causes the victim to feel terrorized, frightened, or threatened. Intimidate does not include constitutionally protected activity or conduct that serves a legitimate purpose. They may not decide what a legitimate purpose is. That is not within their legal purview. That itself is unconstitutional. It's a speech distinction. We're going to get to that. Um, These people are not your mommy and daddy. They don't get to set mommy and daddy rules. The Constitution is your daddy. Okay? (laughs) Now, um, people will object and say, this isn't saying it's criminalizing misgendering someone. It says... It says threatening or terrorizing. And 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 see, see, Josh, you're wrong, because it says if if it will make a reasonable person feel terrorized and and no court will say that it's reasonable for a person to say that he felt threatened because somebody refused to use the she pronoun. Stop it. (laughs) Just stop it. Yes, they will. That is exactly the intent of this law. And that is exactly what is going to happen. Every reasonable person knows this. There are reasonable people, but those, but that reasonable person, you listening to me, is not the reasonable individual contemplated in this law. And this is one of the problems, I think, with some lawyers who are trying to parse this stuff. They are too naive. I think they've been they've been in academic lawyering way too long. They they will justify laws like this and say, but see, this is appealing to the reasonable person standard, and the reasonable person standard, um, is is has a long history in American jurisprudence, and it probably comes from other places. It might come from English common law. I'm not sure. Uh, And it is used as a test. It it is an imperfect test. Yes. It changes with the era and the time. Yes. Because there's no way that we we can articulate this more finely than that. But we say, would the average reasonable person be threatened by this? So let's take an example. If, if, if you're a shop owner and the local mafioso comes by and and says the classic line, awfully nice grocery, be a shame if anything happened to it. A reasonable individual in this culture, given our cultural context, would correctly interpret that as a threat of bodily harm or financial extortion. And that statement would have been illegal because it was an act of intimidation. So it wouldn't be protected by First Amendment law. But that reasonable person does not exist for the people who are writing these hate crime laws. They are thinking of the man who wants to be called a woman, um, the often violent men, often with criminal records, often um, very suspiciously looking like they might be pedophilically inclined, claiming to be terrorized. They do it all the time. Go on Twitter, go on Instagram, uh, go on Reddit, go anywhere where the public is talking and you will see these men all over the place. I feel threatened. I felt intimidated. It is really, um, it's really unsettling not to be validated. And sometimes I can't even bring myself to do things like go to the grocery store. You think I'm exaggerating? I'm not. This shit is all over the place. They, these guys are psychopathic liars. Um, and they're, you know, they're very useful for the authoritarians who write laws like this. So I decided to see what the mainstream media had to say about this. And the first article I came across was from Newsweek. And I, I just had this conversation just before I started recording this. I was talking to Kevin 
and going through this article and being more and more surprised. And I realized, I said, I'm starting to do this segment right now, so why don't I just record the show? So this is a headline from Newsweek. Michigan pronoun law, quote, probably is unconstitutional. The date is July 6, 2023, if you want to find it on Newsweek. Quote, a bill passed by the Democrat-led Michigan uh, State House last month, which would make it a felony for people to intimidate or threaten others by disrespecting their gender identity, for example, by deliberately misgendering them, has sparked controversy over whether the proposed law violates the First Amendment. Um, And then they go on to explain that House Bill 4474 replaces what was called the Ethnic Intimidation Act. They explain that it incorporates all the things that were previously illegal into uh, into the new law. Then they, they go on this way. The bill was criticized by some on the political right due to the focus on the gender identity part of the bill, which is only a fraction of what the legislation would cover. Former judge and television personality Joe Brown called the law, quote, an abomination, saying on Twitter that it was, quote, so obscenely contrary to American First Amendment law. Back to Newsweek. Uh, but is the bill, as critics claim, likely to be unconstitutional? So they turn to um, a couple of experts. And the first expert is James Gardner, a constitutional law professor at the University of Buffalo. This is what he said. The bill reaches the use of force or intimidation based on any number of characteristics. I'm sorry, listeners, I'm reading to you as it is the strange grammar. I can't explain it to you. And gender expression is one of them. But I would take this to mean that this language simply brings within the statute acts of violence or intimidation undertaken because the perpetrator perceives the victim as a member of a group he or she hates, including hatred of transgender individuals. Uh, James Gardner, again, constitutional law professor at University of Buffalo, continues, the act limits the punishment of harassment to acts that would cause terror in a reasonable person. This seems pretty standard, end quote. This is what I mean about the naivete. James Gardner would be correct in the world we lived in in American jurisprudence 20 to 30 years ago. He is incorrect today. Um, He probably doesn't know that. But the reasonable person standard cannot be trusted any longer. It's a manipulation. And, And sadly, you know, I mean, I don't know what Mr. Gardner does. I don't know what he pays attention to. But frankly, in 2023, he should know better. It's actually his job to know better. I don't believe he's that insulated from our culture that he doesn't understand what's going on. So I'd really like to know what what's behind the naivete with a lot of these uh, alleged experts. I mean, he's the guy who teaches it. He's got a degree in constitutional law, but he doesn't see this odd. Well, we have another expert. His name is Eric J. Siegel. He's the Kathy and Lawrence Ash Professor of Law at Georgia State University. He told Newsweek this. Quote, the law basically says you can't threaten somebody with speech that will discriminate on the basis of sexual orientation or gender identity. And here's the deal. Hate speech and threats aren't the same thing. End quote. Oh, is that the deal, Eric? Tell me what's the deal with hate speech? Because hate speech isn't real. I don't care if it's in a fucking statute. It is not a real concept in American jurisprudence. It's unconstitutional. It is Regardless of how popular it is, regardless of how many states have flouted the Constitution, what I'm saying is objectively correct. Doesn't matter if you like it or not. Uh, Newsweek goes on and and paraphrases uh, what 
uh, Mr. Siegel said. In the U.S., it's legal for someone to say, as as in Siegel's example, something along the lines of, quote, I think all gays and lesbians should be sent to prison or we should make it illegal in this country to have gay sex, end quote, as long as the sentence doesn't identify any one person or target any individual. I don't believe that's correct. The First Amendment, which protects freedom of speech, makes no exception for offensive, repugnant, or hateful expression. That is correct. Uh, Back to Mr. Siegel. This is a direct quote. However, the fact that I can stand on a street corner and say, all Jews should be sent back to Israel, which I can do in America, does not mean that I can go up to a Jewish person and get in their face and say, you should go back to Israel, Siegel said. I'm not sure it doesn't mean that. Is it an actual act of harassment? Regardless, this is what I hate about this. I don't care that you feel hurt because you're Jewish. I don't care that you feel hurt because you're gay. You don't hurt more because of your extra special identity. All Americans are protected, in theory, from harassment and illegal intimidation by dint of the fact that they are human beings. Not because they are Jewish human beings, not because they are gay human beings, not because they are trans human beings, not because they are of color human beings. (laughs) The new thing that we say in order to avoid saying the word black, for goodness sake. I don't think that he's right about this. Um, But he goes on. If I do that in a way that is threatening, then it may become what's called a true threat. And a true threat is not protected speech under the First Amendment, he said. He's correct about this. Quote, and the court just held last week that the test, basically, is the person either intended to cause harm or use speech in a reckless way. End quote. That I'm not sure about either. Uh, Speech in a reckless way is actually an intellectually reckless way to speak as a law professor. You need to define that. What does that mean? What does it mean to speak in a reckless way? I'm not sure that I believe the Supreme Court articulated that. I may be wrong, but that doesn't pass the smell test. And when I get further into this article, you're going to understand why it doesn't pass the smell test. But we're going to take a quick break here. Come back on the other side. Looking for a non-woke place to put your money where your mouth is? Put it where my mouth is. Disaffected supporters get access to our private Discord chat server, backstage episode recording sessions, surprise guests, and more. And all it takes is $10 a month. You've got two options. Either Substack, visit us at disaffectedpod.substack.com, or go over to subscribestar.com slash disaffected. Remember, choose the $10 level or higher for Discord access. Welcome back. So we're talking about the Newsweek article about Michigan House Bill 4474, which would criminalize uh, alleged threats and harassment, uh, including on things like gender identity. Back to the Newsweek article discussing this. Uh, Newsweek says reckless means that the person should have known that the speech would cause someone to feel threatened. Hmm. Okay. Um, Again, back to Eric J. Siegel, the Kathy and Lawrence Ash Professor of Law at Georgia State University. Eric J. Siegel says, so if you take that setup, then this law, he's referring to the Michigan law, this law is probably unconstitutional depending on how it's applied, because I don't know if it requires that face-to-face harassment. 
Um, and what he means is he doesn't know if the law requires face-to-face harassment in order to trigger an actual felony complaint. Siegel goes on, quote, Even in that category of non-protected speech, the states are not allowed to make what are called content-based distinctions of speech. Listeners, I'm going to repeat that. This is a very important concept. The states are not allowed to make what are called content-based distinctions of speech. What that means is, in plain English, the government has to be viewpoint neutral. They cannot enforce a law against people because they don't like the content of their speech or their political orientation. Again, this is romper room, colored block, baby bullshit stuff. This is so basic. This is the First Amendment. None of this is controversial. This is all settled. It's all settled. (laughs) Back to uh, Eric Siegel. Quote, there are two ways this law could be unconstitutional. One is that it goes beyond true threats. Two, it kind of makes a content-based distinction in the statutes, and they're not allowed to do that. He's right about that. He doesn't like that he's right, though. Remember, this guy is an endowed professor of law the University of Georgia. Okay, He's well-known and respected enough to be on the Rolodex of reporters at Newsweek to comment on stuff like this. Keep that in mind. <clears throat> Siegel says, it's complicated. Quote, the law is probably in trouble. Again, he's referring to the Michigan law, HB 4474. The law is probably in trouble under American law. I also think that's unfortunate because my personal view is the law should be constitutional, but I think it's likely not. That's remarkable. Let's parse that. Mr. Siegel may have any personal views that he likes. I, personally, find his personal views frightening. Frightening. This is not a man who likes freedom, and you'll hear that when I continue to quote him. But I have a really hard time with this statement. My personal view is the law should be constitutional. What do you mean? Do you mean you would like to see an interpretation of the Constitution fudged? through a lie so that this can be squeaked through because it certainly isn't constitutional. It's just not. You admitted it. Or are you saying that you'd like to amend the Constitution? Are you saying that the First Amendment is itself a problem? Well, let me quote to you from Mr. Siegel. Quote, In a sane world, which is most free countries on earth, you just outlaw all threats. And if you threaten somebody, you go to jail. It's much more complicated in America. Guns and free speech. America is crazy about both. End quote. America is crazy about free speech. This guy hates the American legal system. He hates the freedoms that we have. He is fundamentally, philosophically opposed to the very idea of the United States of America. You see that, right? In a sane world, which is most free countries on earth, 
what he's saying is that America is insane. I mean, he says it, he says it directly. America's crazy. They're crazy about free speech and we're crazy to protect the right to bear arms. And he, he talks about most other free countries. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that an interesting reversal? So countries that do not protect your right to say unpopular things and do not protect your right to bear arms for self-defense, those are freer than our country. You have fewer rights there, but you are freer. Um, irony layered upon irony. America is crazy about both. So, um, what's the status of this bill? Uh, HB 4474 passed the Democrat-controlled Michigan House of Representatives in a 59-50 to 50 vote. This happened on June 20th. Now it moves to the state Senate, which has a 20-18 to 18 Democratic majority. You know this means it'll pass. If passed, law would need to be signed into law by Governor Gretchen Whitmer, also a Democrat. Yeah, that Gorgon, as I called her on this past week's TV show. Uh, do we have anything else? <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> it's a reminder. Uh, you you know it's going to happen, right? As soon as this law passes, there's going to be some troon out there, some man who calls himself a woman. He's going to bait somebody or he's going to record somebody and he's going to claim to feel threatened and he's going to take this right to court and he is very likely at least in the initial stages he will if this law okay all right let me not spin out the fantasy too far i think what's most likely is that this law is going to pass it is going to be signed by the governor but that it's going to be immediately challenged as unconstitutional and i i could be wrong um and as cynical as i am I do believe that it will be defeated. I do believe the courts will say, no, this is crazy. But I could be wrong. I'm not nearly as certain of that as I would have been, say, 20 years ago. Even when I was a progressive liberal 20 years ago, I didn't support this stuff. I had lines even then. I had a lot of kooky beliefs and a lot of bullshit beliefs and a lot of destructive and dangerous and naive beliefs. But I did have some lines and I did have a pretty wide libertarian streak even when I was an unthinking progressive leftist. These days, I, I don't even trust the libertarians. Uh, so what it, the Democratic Party loves this, of course, and they told Newsweek um, that the bill is being deliberately mis misrepresented, misinterpreted, excuse me, to polarize voters and cause outrage among conservatives because, you know, conservatives are bad and only conservatives care about things like the Constitution. Constitutions for conservatives, not for, I mean, liberals. We don't have a need for that. We've evolved beyond that. <laughs> Constitution. It's so analog. God. So Andrew Feldman, spokesman for the Michigan Democratic Party, told Newsweek all those things. Here, quote, this was a bipartisan. <laughs> OK, I'm not going to do the voice on this one, but it's really hard. This was a bipartisan bill, Feldman said. This is a common sense hate crime legislation that has bipartisan support. What's going on here is that far right conservatives are using their typical tactics of trying to scare people and spread lies. And what we've already seen before is that these lies won't work. Voters are smart enough and these tactics are not going to work in 2024. Feldman encourages everyone to read the facts about this actual legislation, because what it says is that a person can be found guilty of a hate crime for maliciously committing these acts based on another's identity, blah, 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 blah. He's just talking around it and talking around it and talking around it. Uh, but but we're back to um, 
I guess we're back to Eric Siegel, a uh, constitutional law professor, um, who said, <laughs> um, if the bill was signed into law and appealed to the Supreme Court, it would be struck down by a majority of the justices. Yes, that is correct. Um, oh, oh, this is rich. Here we go for Mr. Siegel again. Quote, this law would be struck down by the Supreme Court, probably both because it protects LGBTQ speech, which this court no longer wants to do at all, and because their definition of free speech is way overbroad. I'm giving you the vice. Actually, Siegel, my God, did you see how fat the Supreme Court's butt is? Oh, my God. Becky, it's only be so fat because they're so far right. <laughs> How you know what? I would. You can't see me, so I can't entertain you visually. I'm going to look up and see what Eric J. Siegel looks like. <laughs> Let's see. Oh. <laughs> uh, late middle-aged man. Uh, unremarkable. Uh, constitutional lawyer. Oh my God. Can you believe that? This law would be struck down by the Supreme Court, he says, not because the Supreme Court is actually faithfully interpreting the Constitution, but because the Supreme Court, he won't say this, he won't say it explicitly, but this is absolutely what he is implying. It is as obvious as if he wrote it the way I'm about to say it. The Supreme Court won't strike it down because it's properly interpreting the law. It will strike it down because it doesn't like LGBTQ people. It hates any protections they have. It wants to strip them away. And it will allow anything, anything at all, as long as it's discriminatory. That's what this guy thinks of the Supreme Court. <laughs> time was, time was, anyone, even a liberal law professor would be embarrassed to talk this way. <laughs> oh, he goes on. This shouldn't even be a constitutional question. The question is, did somebody threaten somebody else? If the answer is yes, then what they're doing is not legal. Now, I understand that you have to define threatening behavior in a way so as not to offend free speech. Oh, that pains you, doesn't it, Eric? But that's a factual question for the jury. No, it's not. No, it's not. This shouldn't even get to a jury. Jesus. Uh, all right. That's enough. That's it. It's hot in here. That's your one-off. Oh, look, I got you to almost a half an hour. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Disaffected. We will see you soon.